Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry. Welcome back to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast. We've got a special guest with us in the panic room today, and it's funny the people you meet, but we'll get to that in a minute. Michael. How are you, Matt? How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, still recovering from a big uh, big weekend for Cruz's 18th birthday. Yeah, mate, you've got to stop fornicating with the staff. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate now that uh, my son's working with us. And uh, so, yeah, now he's not only my son, but also staff. But um, I got a late ring in at 10 o'clock on uh, Friday night. wasn't by your son, though, was it? No, it wasn't. Mm. It was by uh, actually one of my elder son, Lockie's mates who had partied with me for a couple of times that felt like I needed a ring in. So it's not a party without Michael, obviously. Apparently so. I didn't think that uh, I would get the ring in. I was actually ready, just finished watching or starting to watch the footy and, yeah, got the call up. And unfortunately, I'm paying for it still today, Tuesday, four days on. You're not a young man. No, I'm realising that now. I feel young when I'm out in the clubs and (laughs) getting the boogie on. Yeah, okay. I think that's uh, what how old do you do you feel young, but I can't imagine that you do you fit in? The beard helps. <clears throat> it's funny, um I didn't think that I would fit in. Like you sort of walk in and you definitely realise you're not eighteen. You know, yeah. there's a big difference. These eighteen year old kids are kids. Yes. Um, but after a t- couple of tequilas and you know, the good thing is me and my mates. Uh, me and my sons and their mates are actually very close, so they don't make me feel like I'm a dad or, you know, they actually make me... One just, of the boys. Yes, one of the boys. Yeah. So, you know, to have 18-year-olds, 23-year-olds, and then sort of myself, um, the kid's uncle came up, Gus, um, so he's similar age to me, so yeah. he generally, whenever there's a party, he's there as well, so the two of us just fit right in, so, and yeah, it was it was fun. When we don't fit in is generally on the Sunday when yeah. <laughs> we're feeling sorry for ourselves and realising that we aren't, you know, in our early 20s. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I guess that, that's uh, the joys of getting older and more mature and probably why it took me a year to <laughs> party from the last time with these boys. Well, just think that, you know, you've got three years until he's 21, so. Yeah. Relax. I should be. And I don't think he's going to get married anytime soon, is he? Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah, he won't be moving out of home. I don't think he'll move out of home before he's thirty. Yeah, he's got it too easy. Yeah, well, only only two people can change that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> and I can't see that happening. But anyway, look, joining us today, another partner of Clever Choice. This man got out. I turned up to work this morning, and a gentleman yelled out across the the park or the across the uh, the car park, Matt. And I go, "Hello, mate. You must be Terry." He goes, yeah, and we were walking along. He said, no, oh, you Sydney boy, where are you from? I said, Cromer. He said, me too. I did indeed. Just two young boys from Cromer High that got out untouched and have lived a good life ever since. Terry Watson from Watson Trade Credit. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Mate, absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, mate. We've just looking we, forward to today. We've just spent the last thirty minutes reminiscing on on the northern beaches and 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 what it was like to to live a life of, of on the northern beaches. Absolutely, it's it, it was a time. 
It's paradise in Sydney, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, for sure. The beaches, the fresh air, the nature. Uh, certainly a lot less built up than it is now, but uh, uh, excellent place to grow up. Wasn't Absolutely. it? Wasn't it? And Cromer High gets a bit of a bum rap in the in the press. You know, Cromer, Cromer High School for the criminally gifted that we've I've, <laughs> our friends have coined it. Yeah, you know, a lot of stuff in the press with teachers' pet and all this kind of stuff. So, but man, it didn't seem like that at the time, did it? For me, no. no. For me, absolutely no. I think I was, I was, I was saying I, I went there, and you know, uh, as a young child, we, you know, we had, uh, you know, we had our had our problems and and so forth. But we had some, you know, fantastic teachers there that could see potential, and certainly, you know, they 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 got me to a much higher level than, you know, probably what my parents thought at the time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought we had great teachers. I thought we had, uh, you know, good people. Good people were there. And all of this stuff that's coming out now, is a, it's a bit of a shock to me. Yeah. Not, not others. Yeah. Absolutely. Some people were certainly a lot more awake to it than me. But for me, absolutely didn't see it. Yeah. You know? You're probably lucky a little bit later, a little bit younger. So yeah. it was sort of maybe most of it was sort of finished by that time. But but I had people that I knew that had, you know, in inverted commas, been touched by the drama. And sad. it's pretty sad. Uh, but anyway, moving on. We've gotten out. Yes, we got yeah, out. We got out. We got out. And look, and not to say that there was a place to get out of because I actually really enjoyed my time. Love the Northern Beaches. A lot of my friends still live there. A lot of my friends live up here now, though. Yes, true. Yeah. True. The, the the great exodus, eh? Hey? That's it. That's it. There's a lot of people from the northern beaches up here. Definitely. So what's so great about, you know, you hear about the northern beaches. What's so great about growing up on the Oh mate, it was just a it, it was it was as Terry said, it mate, it was just paradise. Like it was it was a stretch of coastline that was just beautiful. One beach it was almost like the wherever you went, it was better. Yeah. The next beach was better than the next. Yeah. And the people were great. It was very insular. It was always known as the Insular Peninsula. So we had the one road to get in. You know, they had to come by the Spit Bridge or you had to come by the you know, Forest Way. So there wasn't many ways to get in there. And once you were in, it was very difficult to get out. Right. Yeah. And there was even places within there. So if you went around the, the Bilgola Bends up to Avalon, that was that was the next bit. So if you went through the Bilgola Bends, it was like you're going through a time warp. Really? There was a force field that, you know, people didn't leave the Bends. So if you lived in Avalon, you essentially... Avalon and Palm Beach. Sometimes you wouldn't even go to Newport. Yeah, like it was the, it's the next suburb. Yeah. Absolutely so true. If you if you lived on the northern beaches, there's a there's a bit of a, a saying. If you lived on the northern beaches, you never crossed the spit. Yeah, and and if you lived in the Gong, you never crossed the Tom English Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you get to know these people. I've got clients that are from you know the Wollongong area, and uh, you know we we have that sort of uh, same feeling that you never went to the city. Yeah. You know, we, we went to the city as, you know, 19-year-olds and thought, wow, this place is nuts, you know. Yeah. We went to Manly. <laughs> Manly's where I met my wife. Manly's where I went out on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and, and anything further than Manly was scary. Yeah, if you, got, if, you got a, if you got on the bus or got on the ferry to go into the city, it was a big night. Yeah, It right. was something, something big. Uh, yeah. Obviously, as you got older, you expanded a bit. But, yeah, look, I didn't – I think I didn't really – I didn't work outside the northern beaches until I was about 23. And, yeah, I certainly missed working on the northern beaches, which is why I had a business on the northern beaches so that I didn't have to leave. But, yeah, mate, it was a great place. Just people were great. It was, it was old school. It was, it was suburbia. It really was. It was, it was quintessential suburbia. It really was. 
Do you uh, think those type of times are now lost because of the ease of connection? So, like back in the day, there was no mobile phones, it wasn't the internet. So, like what you just sort of said, you, you're sort of in your own little area, you're creating your own community. Like, that is your world. For sure. Right? The world was the northern beaches. Like, the World Wide Web now, you could be in other countries, you got conversations, you're gaming with people right across the other side of the world. Do you think that that smaller community-based areas now is being lost? I do. I think that in the in the old day, if you had nothing to do, I'd, I'd grab the footy, I'd get into St Matthew's Farm, right? And they invariably be, you'd, you'd find someone down there that you knew and that'd grow from two to three to four to five and next thing you've got 10 people playing a game of footy or whatever. That just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that... The computers have taken that yeah, away from us. Yeah. It really yeah. has. It, it, I think that there's just... You had to... You had to make your own entertainment. Like we had three channels, right? So you couldn't stay at home and just watch fifty-seven channels and nothing on. Yeah. So you had to make your own entertainment, and I think that you know, I remember at school, we had a group. I, I sort of sat in the middle of a couple groups, and I would sort of swing between uh, people that I, I I was very very close with, and I was sort of close with quite a few groups at school. And one of the groups at school, that was sort of the. Uh, the, you know, not really the naughty group. They were all great people, but the people that smoked and, you know. The riffraff. The, the bit of a riffraff, but, you know, they were, they were awesome people. But they would go <laughs> after school and hang at, the, at this creek in Cromer, right, in, um, just near Cromer Primary. And it was like a dried creek bed. And they just made this sort of like their, their place. Yep. And I went there a couple of times. I was like, this this is shit. <laughs> like this is like it's it's like a tip. Like what are, what are you doing hanging here? But yeah, like that was what we did. Like yeah. people did. Like you found places to hang out. Like you made cubbies. You like I had a preserve at the back of my house that from about the ages of five to fifteen that I'd almost spend my afternoons in the reserve. Like whether it was you know building cubby houses or you know playing hide and seek or yeah, or whatever. That was the way it was done. I I, I tell a, a story of, which is probably not one of my finest hours on, on another podcast of mine, where we created a Yoda club from Star Wars, where we used to talk in Yoda voice, and to get into the Yoda club, uh, we may or may not have made uh, a kid eat some white dog poo. Uh, <laughs> now, was that the initiation? That was, was the, that was the hazing. Yeah, and and the kid may or may not have done it, and then when. When he may or may not have done it, we decided the club wasn't that cool anymore. Yeah. So this creativity is going to be lost. Well, it is <laughs> all this. All this yep. stuff is gone. I think that uh, you uh. can't make people eat white dog poo over the internet. Uh, They're a bit more educated uh, now. They are. look, and to be honest, to be fair, it was white. Yeah. So it was the. It was probably the the, the uh, only all the nutrients left. Yeah. It was the it was <laughs> if, if you had a choice. If you had a choice, <laughs> would you go white or brown? Yeah, I'm going white. Yeah, yeah. I know, guess they, so. They, they do say this is why we're, you know, beating England in the ashes. You know, as a kid, uh, one of the things that we used to do every Christmas is go down to Narrabeen, which was where my uncle and and their family lived, and and the quarter acre block, the flat quarter acre block, which now is I think three houses. Yes. I think it's been cut up, and there's a driveway down the side, and you know, down the side there used to be enough room to put three caravans 
and 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 clearly two houses at the back. Yeah. yeah. Um. But we 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 went out the back. The the rules were very very clear. It was, you know, bowl as hard as you can, um, catch or you you know. You, you cop it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Verbal abuse was very acceptable within the families. Absolutely. Um, and six and out. So, you know, six and out and you're climbing the fence to yeah. get the ball, <laughs> yeah. which, which, which was just devastating. Um, but, uh, you know, that's lost too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm up here on, on uh, you know, northern Gold Coast. I, I've got acreage and my kids are experiencing something that I could never afford to do in Sydney. Yeah. Um, you know the the, the the mass migration up here, I think, is uh, you know because of the the land lots getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And uh, you know that that you know age of growing up with a quarter acre block is is I think very much lost in Sydney and Melbourne. But but certainly there is still a little bit of time left up here in the Gold Coast. Yes. Uh, to have that quarter acre block and have that that lifestyle. Um, who knows though. Who knows? I've got four kids that all want their slice of the acreage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're already cutting it up. Um, in their own mind, I think they are. Yeah. And and uh, you know, with the cost of uh, living pressures and so forth, I mean, that's 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 clearly going to be uh, an opportunity for them if the if, if the council lets us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and know? one of the main reasons, you know, I've just bought some acreage. I've spoken about that on the podcast a lot. I've got eight acres out at Jimboomba. Oh wow, yeah. fantastic. <coughs> and, same you know, as me, eight acres, perfect. Uh, yeah. It's perfect size, perfect size to sort of maintain, have a little hobby farm. Yeah. And it was actually really good. This was probably one of the first weekends we've had all the family sort of come up. And, you know, sort of got up there and then I've got the chickens sort of running now and we got the ride on with the trailer sort of hooked up to the back of it. So the kids are jumping in the back and then we got the motorbikes out. And <clears throat> it's so good. My son so just good. bought a paddy basher. <laughs> so all of a sudden that come out and they're ripping up around the tree. It was just it was just such a great weekend, you know. Once we finally got back there from leaving surface, mm. to sort of sit back and actually have that time and just everyone, you know, no real iPads or phones. Yep. It was just a, a couple of days of us just being out in the field, like you said, you know, pulling the ball out, playing cards. Fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. a really, really good weekend. I think, yeah, a lot of that is lost. Yeah, um, absolutely. So absolutely. to be able to keep that sort of going, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely sort of motivation for me to sort of keep the farm sort of running and keep that space. And then, as you said, probably once uh, we pass on, it'll be all divvied up between the kids. I, th- I think it will be. I think it will be. I, you know, I look at my neighbours, my, my, neighb- my last neighbour that actually lived in the area just sold his house, five acres across the road. And uh, I was talking to him and trying to get as much knowledge out of out of him as I could yep. because no one that that lives in that area is from here anymore. You yeah. know, it's it's absolutely insane. My, one of my neighbours is, is from Melbourne, the other one's from Sydney. Everyone you speak to is from Melbourne or Sydney, yep. um, <clears throat> and which is which is wonderful. The, the local AFL club really appreciates all the uh, the the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the influx. People. The influx. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's there's you know I remember I moved up here six years ago. I remember you know looking at it. Um, it's next to the Touch Football 
club and and next to where the the Gold Coast has the uh, the, the gymnastics center there. And I remember looking over and there was about five cars and about ten kids. I'm like, gee, they're struggling to make a team. Glad I'm playing touch football. We got loads of people here. And then the other day, uh, I was uh, taking my daughter to touch football. She's just been training just this last weekend. I've been up in Rockhampton. The uh, Junior State Cup was on. Yeah. And um and I looked over the other day and I said, my God, they're parking in the touch football area because so many kids are playing touch football there now. Yep. Uh, sorry, uh, AFL there now. They're, they're having a, they've destroyed their car park. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, so that, that gives you a real indication of um, how it's growing up here. AFL's yeah. killing it. It, it is yeah. killing it. Yeah. It is, absolutely. Um, and the, fun, the sun's having a good year, so it helps. does, yeah. Yeah, they are doing, they are doing well. Yeah, they're doing well. They're doing better than my rugby league team. Uh, I go for the Tigers. Jeez. Oh, there is another one. Wow. <laughs> there is another one. I thought I was like the only Tiger supporter oh, left on go. the earth. Oh, brilliant. Oh. Yes, well, Manly uh, is taking some of the chaff from the West Tigers next year, which should ensure that we have another couple of lean seasons. <laughs> uh, as I said, said last week, that it's always good to be recruiting from the worst team in the competition. So... Anyway, you've yes. do, you done us a favour, taking Brooks. I've been yeah. talking about it for years, and now it's finally done. So, yeah, the only people, the only fans that are happy are the West Tigers fans. <laughs> if we're if we're honest, it's probably the only thing we're happy about all year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so Terry, tell us a little bit about your business. What's on Trade Credit, and the relationship you guys have got with Clever Choice? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, what's on Trade Credit? We um, are a trade credit insurance specialist. We, we only do, of the 1,600 lines of insurance I- I, that you can get in Australia, we, we do one thing, which is trade credit insurance. Um, trade credit insurance protects companies from insolvency uh, and, and effectively not being paid. So whatever's on your debtor's ledger, we're protecting that, those invoices from, from not being paid by someone that can't pay you or won't pay you or goes insolvent and... Never can pay you. So we're there effectively to, to prevent, uh, you know, that cash flow burden hitting you, okay? Um, so you're actually insuring, you're insuring an invoice. That's it. That's yep. exactly what we do. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, I guess, it's funny, you know, when you look at trade credit, that's the boring part for me. I mean, the boring part for me is, you know, it all goes wrong and uh, they go insolvent. And of course, there's no money left, right? Yeah. But the exciting part for for me is what we do effectively to a business, and and what trade credit does is, and, and you don't even realise it. You don't even realise until you see it. And what it does is it gives companies confidence. Yeah. To take on new business, and take them on almost like we're talking about a bygone era before. When people had the quarter acre block in the backyard, when people had, you know, that connection to, to community and to family, you know, trade credit insurance allows you to shake someone's hand and almost brings the honour back into what a relationship was. These days, you know, there seems to be an ever uh, amountable uh, number of people that can sleep well at night and not pay you. Uh, they can sleep oh, well at night, hundred percent, and 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 send not only one company broke. Some of these guys are sending multiple breaks. You know, yeah. 
and and how do you how do you know how do you know that they're going to do that? Yeah. The, the other thing is, even if they're a bad person, okay, bad people aside, the craziest thing that I've come to realize with trade credit is good people go broke too. Yeah. And and good people go broke because they trust other good people that have things that go wrong, go you know go bad on them. It could be as simple as uh, what happens so much these days. It could be a, a marriage breakdown. Uh, it could be, um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen clients a couple of years ago that have, well, in the last sort of 12 months, sorry, that have gone broke with the floods. I mean, how do you... Yeah, how, natural disaster. Natural disasters, You can't absolutely. plan for that, can you? No. You, you absolutely can't. Um, and, and it could be, you know, the other thing that's, you know, a bit scary is it can be your, your buyer's buyer. So you might know your buyer... But do you know who they're on selling to? Yeah, and it could be something that happens to them. You know, I've got endless cases of you know financial um, thievery in businesses that have sent companies broke, uh, and and the and the long stories that go on with that. But but ultimately, they're good people that have had some quite nasty things happen to them, and yep. it's put them in a very bad situation. Thankfully, with trade credit insurance, we don't have to have those worries. Yeah. We, we don't have to have those worries. We, we, we ask the insurer, can we trade with them? Uh, and, and if the insurer says yes, we know we're going to get paid. Um, if we're not getting paid, they, they provide free collections and solutions around collections and they provide free legal. So you basically have the backing of a, you know, you can be a very small company and you suddenly have the backing of a billion-dollar worldwide company to smack people across the back of their head to do the right thing. You know, you do the work, you put the effort in. Um, we're going to give you the the tools needed to make sure you get paid and 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 can continue to do what you've set out to do, which is you know, grow, yeah, be prosperous, um, do the best for your clients and and be paid for it. It's definitely I think the key word you said there giving us confidence to move forward with our business decisions and I guess take um, more risks without the risk as such um, by, having, by having yeah. that um, trade credit insurance. Uh, some of the clients we may not have extended our own personal credit to, we now can have that confidence to do that, um, which allows me, I guess, to sleep a little bit easier at night, yeah. especially when it's not my money as such and say, you know, Greg and Ian and David as sales reps, we got you know, you got a lot of trust on your shoulders when you're going out, you're setting up these accounts and you're doing all that. When that client for whatever reason doesn't pay, you know, there's so much of a flow on effect that as much as inadvertently it's not our money, it's a lot of weight on your shoulders that, you know, potentially there's fifty, a hundred thousand dollars outstanding that, yeah, you might have made money along the way, but that's a big loss to any company. You know, even $10,000 can actually hurt some size companies as well. So, Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a confidence thing, you know. It, it, business, business is a confidence thing. You, you start your business, and I've started my business, you know, almost 10 years ago now. And, um, you know, you, you, and I, worked for, I worked for my family's business, which is another small, uh, small business. Um, you know, you do, you do well, you work hard. Everything's going wonderful. You're extending credit, and then someone doesn't pay you. You suddenly think, "Oh my gosh, oh, who else isn't going to pay me?" Yeah, 
And so what happens is you start treating people that have been great clients and been the pillars in some cases of your business like they shouldn't be trusted, not because they shouldn't be trusted, but because you've got a, an awful experience which is giving you uh, cash flow problems, giving you, uh, you know, um, you know. And potentially, <laughs> it a hole. Yeah. potentially affecting all those other clients because now you've got this cash flow issue yes. of someone yeah. else not paying. And you suddenly now your suppliers too. Your yeah. suppliers aren't getting paid. So it's just a, a domino effect of, of, of nasty stuff, you know. Um, it, it, can be, it can be really difficult um, to get that confidence back when you're thinking about new business after you have a loss because you won't go into it with a handshake and a happy smile. You'll go into it thinking, is he going to, is he not, mm, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, all this doubt. All the doubts. Instead of the all confidence the that, you know, we're going to help each other. E- um, exactly, exactly. And uh, look, at, look, at the, look at the climate we're in right now. Look at the climate we're in. We're, we're in a climate where the interest rates are going up. You've got builders that are, you know, almost all underwater. You know, every builder I uh, am looking at the financials of, and I, I review a lot of financials, you've got builders that are not making money. They are treading water at best. And, and you've got insurers that are actually um, happy to see that they're breaking even, which is insane. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. That's, that's quite the, a the, scary The insurance companies are breaking even or the builders are breaking even? No, no, the builders. The, okay. the builders that we're insuring that the insurers are looking at and saying, we're willing for you to trade with these people. A, a lot of these builders, are, uh, uh, some of them are not making money, but the insurers are still providing cover because there's a great relationship with the insurer and the builder. And some of these are many hundreds of millions of turnover. And, and that relationship that the insurer has with the builder to get that information is something as a $2 million business, a $5 million business, a $10 million business, a $50 million turnover business will never have, even if they're a very tight supplier, they'll never be able to have the conversations around the business that the insurer does to be able to offer coverage. Yeah. I've got to say, as a guy sitting on the sideline, sounds like a risky proposition. Oh, it, it absolutely is. Um, trade credit insurance, and you only learn this when you've been doing it for a while. So this, this sounds, to be honest, this sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong, it's amazing for the business, right? You've obviously got to pay for it, right? You've got to pay for it. It's like insurance. You may not get any. You might not need it, but you have it because that's what insurance is, right? Yeah. It's amazing for the business. It only needs to go pear-shaped. It's not so amazing for the insurance company then, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not like well, car insurance or, or life insurance or something. This is – if you're a 50 million turnover company and you have four debtors that – are you a couple million dollars each? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. My, look, my smallest client is two million turnover. Yeah. My largest client is is north of six hundred million turnover. Wow. Um, a six hundred million dollar turnover uh, business um, still needs the financial input from the insurer. If they don't have that input, they would have to employ a lot of people. 
but it puts it it puts the two million dollar business on a level playing field yeah. in terms of credit management. So this is this is what I'm this is what I'm getting to. So and, and collections, it, it puts them on a level playing field. So the it's, insurance it's company, incredible. the insurance company takes over collections. Yes. Yeah. We 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 at Watson Trade Credit helps with collections. Yeah. And as part of your policy, uh, a lot of the standard policies um, offer a full reimbursement of an insured debt, which is a fantastic um, solution to be able to provide clients. A lot of people get sceptical. Some of my clients spend, and this is crazy to even say this, but some of my clients spend more, get more money back in collections and legal than they do on their premiums. And every year they say to me, Terry, how much is our premium going to be next year? We've, mm. we've, we've, we've effectively spent more money than the, than the premium on collections and legal. And I said, no, no, no. I th- trade credit is a community um, product, okay? The community in... In, in, a, in, a, in a world first, <laughs> um, the community helps the community. <laughs> Amazingly, and I know it, sometimes this sounds um, uh, counterproductive to, to clients, but other flooring companies that I have protect other flooring companies that I have. Yeah, right. Because if a company is not paying, the first thing they do is, oh, we've been cut off from... We're just going to use Clever Choice as an example. We've been cut off from Clever Choice. We need to go find another flooring provider. So then they go off to the next flooring provider and the next one and the next one. Um, And, you know, trade credit insurance, the insurers, once they start getting this intel, hang on, they haven't paid Clever Choice. They haven't paid X. They haven't paid Y. They haven't paid Z. They'll prevent other people from trading with them and force that company because – They'll run out of suppliers. They'll force that company in a roundabout way to pay Clever Choice because they need to re-establish, um, you know, cover. They need to re-establish their their account. Mm, yeah. Um, and 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 also, what will happen is someone turns up at Clever Choice's door, and of course, they meet Michael, and Michael wants to wants to offer them an account, and of course, he's got trade credit insurance. So the first thing he does is, and it's so simple to establish an account. He gives me an ACN a dollar amount that he thinks he's going to trade in a 90-day period and the name of the business. And within usually 15 minutes, it's very quick, he gets told, hang on, no, he hasn't paid. He hasn't paid the other flooring company. You're not You're not going to trade with him. Yeah. Wow. That's the power. So that, that alone is probably worth the premium. Oh, 100. It's just even the ones that we get a no on have just saved us the yeah. pain. Because potentially they're going to order that once or twice off us, use then that money to then go back and pay their normal supplier. Yes. And then we're going to be strung out. Even if we get our money, it's not going to be next month. It's not going to be when it's due. It's going to be 90, 120 until we put the pressure on or they need something again from us. So, yeah, just in itself. When we get those no's, hey, they're they're a risk or, you know, they're they're a bad... um, So when does... From a collection perspective, when do you guys kick in? Because obviously it's not going to be low. Well, yeah, the yeah. invoice is thirty days overdue. Yeah. Is it sixty days? Is it ninety days? Is it one twenty? So is this is this is why Trade Credit is a specialist um, product, okay? Because you know I know every one of my clients' clients, you know, and I'm available whenever something goes wrong. But I'm also available at the start when they need to establish cover. 
So they need to be talking to us and we need to be helping them establish the cover. But also, you know, I make the phone call personally um, to a lot of my uh, clients' clients to see where they're at. And it's it's a feel thing. Yeah. It's definitely a feel thing. I've got clients that send me debts at 31 days. They're due. They're, they're literally due yesterday. And they're like, Terry, I... I don't think they're going to pay. I don't. Yeah, I think there's something wrong here. I I feel it. I feel there's something wrong. Can can you help me? I, absolutely, I can. So you know, at 31 days, you're not going to be, uh, you know, swinging swinging the axe. Yes. You know, so you know, it it'd just be some a very basic phone call. It'd be a very basic phone call that goes something like, "Hi, my name's Terry Watson. I I act on behalf of use clever choices now. Um, look, basically, we're we're we're, we're owed some money." I just wanted to see where you guys are at. That's the sort of phone yeah, call right. that they would get. Yeah. Sometimes that phone call can go pear-shaped and they're like, look, we have no money. We've, we've been kicked off a site. We've done this. We've done that. And they'll tell me stuff which they should not be telling me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, because obviously um, if I think that my client is uh, in trouble, that will be stat demanded that day. We'll, 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 we'll push the collections and, and legal process along very quickly because we need to get the money out of mm. them uh, almost instantly um, and, and and funny enough um, you know we we often get paid because we're prepared to knock them over because if we knock them over where if you don't if you don't have a policy the last thing you want to do is knock someone over and send them insolvent because you'll get one cent in the dollar mm. if, if that right if that um, but with a trade credit insurance policy, you're not you're not swinging the bat um, without a w- without a goal in mind. The goal in mind is in 42 days plus postage. Um, you can stat demand someone 21 days plus postage. Um, you can wind someone up 21 days plus postage. Right. Um, once they're insolvent, any form of administration, uh, we're going to get 90% back of what's owed. Minus an excess, but 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 normally it's around ninety percent of what's owed. Um, you can't do that if you don't have trade credit insurance, because you're going to just send. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to spend eight, nine, ten thousand dollars winding someone up to get one cent in the dollar of whatever you're owed. Yeah, you, you do that a couple of times, and it's it's adding you know misery. <laughs> yeah. And it is. It's a lot of pain then, and suffering, and mental. You know, time and effort. Um, where the great thing at the moment, like you said, we just flick you who's overdue, and and you take all that burden. You absolutely. you do all that, and yeah. we just continue trading and having trust in the system. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we 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 tend to be pretty good at getting money in, which is why the insurers invest in us to do collections and to do legal. Um, but I should I should make this point now because we'll probably not not come back to it. Um, where we really win also is uh, there's a there's a thing called preferential uh, payments, which can get clawed back by an administrator. Um, even if we successfully collect the money, and we've done it at a time where the company was running insolvent, we're even covered under the policy if the liquidator claws back that money after the fact. So. It's something that doesn't come up very often, but I've got one at the moment which uh, we've lost in court uh, twice now, and it's almost half a million dollars, 
that we were successfully wow. paid and we've lost in court twice, we, we're going to lose. We, we're, we're going to court just to get a better number. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the number is quite scary. It's a very scary number. Now, if you'd asked me, I rang the guy personally. I, I spoke to him. He said, we're having a few issues, but we're going to be fine. Uh, how a court can then say that he was trading insolvent and, or how we would know that they were trading insolvent. Yeah. We, we had no idea. In fact, I believed him. I believed that he was just having a few cash flow issues, running a business. Everyone has cash flow issues at some point. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't, you couldn't know that at the time. You know, but we will lose that case. We know that now. We're just coming up with a number. It will be many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and it's, you know, almost a year after we got successfully paid that we're going to have to pay that money back. Jeez, that's rough. And suffer the loss. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's a, it's a tough law to, to get your head around that one because uh, common sense would tell you that you get paid, you've done the work. Let's go. Let's move on on yeah. to the next job. Yeah. yeah, but that's not the way it works. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting the way that it um, it has just so much flow on effect and how many people uh, are affected in different levels and um, as I said, it sort of takes that burden off off our shoulders. Um, and yeah, since you've come along, it's uh, definitely made made my life happier. Yeah, um, excellent. And, you know, we've had a successful claim just in the last six months with, with you. It made it very, very easy. We just literally flicked the invoice, uh, flicked the statements, and within three months, I think, um, it was all done and settled. And, you know, we've continued trade and, and got our payment. So, you know, from Clever Choice's point of view, you know, we've had very successful outcomes. Yeah. Um, yep. To the point that, you know, the business is the customer that we uh, went through uh, is still operating. Uh, so it obviously forced them to sort of get their house in order as well. Um, and I think sometimes by doing that, it sort of um, doesn't allow businesses to get themselves in too much trouble. Because uh, I've also seen, you know, back in the day before I even knew about insurances, you see businesses extend their credits, extend their credits, and really they're only hurting themselves um, because they get to a point where they've got that much credit extended that they're living on false uh, economy, that they will never be able to pay it back. And I think, you know, with a, a lot of people now taking trade insurances and holding more people and especially building companies, yes. um, yep. you know, where <clears throat> I remember in the day you'd extend building companies up to nearly 120 days because you just wanted that work. Now I don't think anyone's extending more than 30 days on any building company, if yeah. they're in their right mind, you'd be amazed. Eh? You'd be amazed. Oh, really? I I had a I had a client that um, was with me for a number of years, and uh, I think it, it's funny because it was working so well that they didn't realise how much we were doing for them, you know. And a very successful client. This client I met with them when they were five million turnover. This sort of gives you an idea of, of the growth. Um, we, we met them, they were five million turnover. And he said to me, look, Terry, we, we're aiming to be 15 million turnover in three years. And I said, fantastic. What's holding you back? And he said, well, you know, we take a client on, we give them five grand in credit and we see how they go. And then I said, okay, give them five grand in credit. You see how they go. Um, what happens if they've got 20 grand worth of work? He said, well, they can pay the five grand, 
and then we'll give them another five grand. I said, doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to work. A lot of their products, they're they're a higher company. A lot of their products didn't really uh, fit that that bill. I sort of was trying to work it out in my own head. So what they'd give you ten grand to do fifteen grand or something, you know, like <laughs> it sort of was unworkable. I was kind of amazed that he'd got to five million turnover. <laughs> you know, I was sitting there just going, okay. And then I sort of said to him, what, what, what if we could give him 50 grand when they walk in and, and you'd know in 15 minutes, uh, you know, most of the time, 85% of the time you'll, you'll know in, you know, 15 minutes because the insurer has got another supplier trading with that business. They've looked at their financials in the past or they buy a report and they take the risk. Um, 15% of the time it takes maximum four days, right? Four days you'll have an answer 100%, but they'll underwrite it. They'll look at it in a way that you could never possibly look at it uh, and they'll give you an answer. Um, he said, well, that'd be amazing. Um, I'll never forget it because I went back there three months later and I told him he'd grow. I said, mate, you, you're going to get to $15 million this year because every one of these accounts that you're opening at five grand, we, we, can, we can 10x that and go to 50. Yeah. And I went back there three months later and he said to me, Terry, I think we've got a problem. I said, well, it's not with me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've, I've said everything. I've done everything right. What, what's the issue? And he said, we're, we're going to do $15 million this year. And I've got no cash to grow the business to get it to $15 million. We're, We are so short of cash that this is a problem. And what a great problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I sat there saying, look, there's never going to be a problem with you growing it. 200% to get money from a bank. It's just yeah. not going to happen, right? Your, your margins are good. Your business is good. That that business is north of 50 million. And we, we put them on f- seven years ago. They got so successful, so big, uh, so quick. Um, you know, if you go and look at their, their accounts team, their accounts team is half the size of any other business that doesn't have trade credit. They didn't have trade credit for nine months the absolute destruction in nine months. I've, I've actually just re-signed that business. <laughs> um, they've lost seven figures in losses, taking on clients where they've gone to a, um, a system where they're uh, basically getting a credit report, the credit report saying, wonderful, glowing reference about this business. And, of course, there's no accountability. Yeah, you know, you you go buy a report for a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, they go broke. Well, it's just you know, a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper. Yeah, and and it doesn't matter what's going on. It's you know, they've also <laughs> they've also got six figures in collections and legal since they haven't had a policy in nine months. Now he's a strong character. We certainly won't be naming his business. Yeah, of <laughs> um, he's a strong character, and, and and I will give him credit because. He rang me up and said, Terry, I now know. I now know what you were doing. So is that just arrogance? Oh, we can do it. We we don't need to pay the the premiums? Honestly, he was, um, I think, a little bit more disconnected from the business. Um, He brought in management that were running that business. And that management, uh, I think, um, you know could see all the money in the bank and were like, why don't we just put the half a million dollars uh, that we were paying for a policy in in the bank? Yeah. And that'll be more than enough to cover. What they didn't realise is, you know, they 
they rang me every day. They used our collections team at least once a week. They used our legal team at least once a week. Um, they, they were putting on, even, even today, they're putting on between three and five new clients a day. Yeah, wow. To, to review, to, 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 to take a piece of paper that you've spent $100, $200 on from a mercantile agency and review three to five new clients a day, that's, that's more than one person's job if they're going to do it properly. Yeah. And so what they worked out is they, they weren't doing it. They weren't reading even – they were buying the report, but they weren't reading it because they don't have the staff. They didn't have the staff. Mm. And, and, and really, what, even if you got the staff, then you've got to know what you're reading, right? You're like – Yeah, and, and for six years they didn't do it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they had someone taking all that uh, off, off, off them, you know, um, and, and doing it in a way which was world's best practice, doing it in a way which, you know, they get information that, that – a, a normal company, look, they get information that a 600 million turnover business can't get access to. Yeah. And and that's, you know, that's the big disconnect. The, the, the disconnect is someone that's 2 million, 10 million, 50 million turnover thinking that they can do it. But in reality, it's a, it's a bad year at the moment and we do go in cycles. Um, and, and maybe he just chose the wrong year to, to take the policy off the table maybe he did but um you know over the long term uh that policy was actually paying him yeah <laughs> and and paying him quite handsomely yeah um and as i said it's actually paying you in ways you don't see it you know it's it's paying you by not putting you at risk by uh, exactly all exactly. the information you're actually getting that you couldn't pay for uh, exactly is the premium calculated on a percentage of the turnover uh, it, it absolutely is look you can get a premium, um, a small company for around about twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, you know if if it helps you grow in a bad time, twenty you're not going to look. You're not going to think about twenty thousand dollars. It's, sure. it's tax deductible. It's an insurance. Um, you're going to need one claim every ten years, and you're going to thank your lucky stars that you had a policy. Yeah. Um, but also it's going to allow you to go back to the 1950s, 1960s, 1970s, shake someone's hand and trust that they're going to get paid. You know, trust that you're going to get paid yeah. like they're honourable. Yes. And you could be shaking the hand with a very, not, not a very honourable person at all, yeah. but QBE will have your back or, or, or Tradius, uh, Euler Hermes, uh, Bond and Credit or Coface, that, they'll have your back. Uh, they're all billion-dollar worldwide companies. Um, they're very diversified. Um, I don't think any of them are doing well out of trade credit this year. <laughs> uh, you know, when you have a pro build um, or Privium, uh, you know, or Lansky, Lansky was one that got us pretty bad this year. Um, when you have these companies that go broke in a year, all in the one year, um, the insurers are getting clipped by companies that they saw as excellent risk. Yep. And and that's the other thing. When excellent risk <laughs> is folding. Yes. Um, what chance have you got? Well, what chance have you really got when you when you don't have a bit of help? Uh and that's what we give you. We give you we give you that help, you know. It's interesting. So you got these e these excellent risk companies all of a sudden, you know, and I guess that's the whole point is while everything's going good, 
yes, the insurance companies are, are making money. Everyone's, you know, making money. We're all making money at the same time. Yes. But then when there's, I guess, this downturn or for whatever reason, you know, especially some of these huge companies start going down, it's sort of a sign, isn't it, that if the big, you know, low-risk companies all of a sudden are starting to fall over, um, then it's generally a sign for the rest of us that then people under them are not going to get paid. Uh, and then the flow-on effect... The domino, yeah. ...filters, yeah. filters through. Yeah, I think, um, I think in the good years, you use trade credit to grow extremely aggressively. Yep. You use it to take on, you know... In the good years, what do you do? In the good years, you have your biggest exposures that you've ever had. Yep. That's what a good year is. The good year is, oh my gosh, I've got a job now that's 200 grand and I've never had a 200 grand job. How does that feel when you're owed $200,000 in your good years? In your good years, you've got no cash because you're growing. Hmm. You're investing huge amounts of money. So in the good years, we help you establish um, that buyer and, and we help and make sure they pay diligently because... Trade credit insured clients get paid first because once I ring and they realise, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, someone, someone's, uh, you know, uh, they've got they've got that stick, you know. Yep. You know, speak so calmly a, and hold a stick. Does it have a negative effect? <laughs> not, not, not the way we do it. No, I, I don't believe. I, I think if you had the wrong person in 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 our job, uh, it could have an yeah. extremely negative effect. Yeah. Um, you, you've. You've got situations, though, sometimes, unfortunately, the client says to you, look, Terry, these guys have been really dishonest. They've done some pretty horrible things to us, and we want to do some horrible things to them. <laughs> How can you help us with that? And thankfully, I've got good lawyers that uh, can do things uh, to these people, which will make them stand up and take notice. Um, but but that happens very few and far between. We We... You know, it might have only happened a couple of years, a couple of times in the in the last ten years where people were really upset. And after they've told me what they've done, um, it, it's always uh, unfortunately a, a pretty shady character that's probably got a, a pretty checkered past when you look into it and get and get deeply deeply involved into it. Uh, and the insurers get sometimes they get the wool pulled over their eyes as well, but they're accountable. Yeah. That's the most important <coughs> thing. If we've got the limit. And we find out at a later date, hang on, these guys are, they're not the people that QBE said they were. QBE's going to pay the claim. They, you know, they're going to pay the claim. Something that, something that I'm very proud of without my business um, is I've never had a claim not paid. And I'm going to tell you this, in our industry, I don't think any other broker can say it. And if they do say it, there's probably going to be someone coming out and saying, hang on. <laughs> remember that time you know um we you know we, we started in 2014 um and uh you know we haven't allowed ourselves to get too big that we can't you know spend the time with our clients unfortunately that means i've had to say no to some people um you know that were just too big or you know too crazy <laughs> some some clients um are probably uh um you know, early on in the day, some of them were too big. <laughs> you know, yep. my, my my biggest client right now, quite frankly, when I first started, I, you know, I was pedaling the uh, the bike pretty hard. Um, but but you know, we're we're really part of their business. We're really we really are part of their business. They ring me, and I I know all their credit team. I know all their management. Um, 
you know, I'm part of their business. They tell me things that they would only tell someone working in that business. And, it, it, you know, what gets me up every day is is the $2 million business that wants to get to $5 million, or the $5 million business that wants to get to $10 million. Um, That's what gets me up every day. They're the guys that uh, certainly need more help. They certainly need more help than the 600 mil turnover business. For sure. Right? But just different help, you know, different help. But um, what what I find is, uh, you know, they've got the most to lose too. Yeah. 20 grand for a company that's 2 mil or 3 mil is an awful lot of money. Mm. A, a million dollars for a company doing 600 mil is no money. Mm. <laughs> um, it's it's different. And so, you know, I, I, I push myself pretty hard to make sure they get their value for money out of the product because I don't want them to not have it. And for, you know, I guess for the insurance sort of company, a, a lot of what, um, you know, you've just touched on there is a lot of it is you and your front-facing uh, customer service that, you know, you provide. And I think, like you said, it's probably the reason for your success, uh, success is that you are so um, personable and you really do come into our business. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when we had sort of a, a change of um, our management team, uh, there was thoughts floating around about do we really need this and through that whole same, you know, so it's, so I can understand, I guess, yes. what this other company you just mentioned went through Yeah, because people yep. just look at the numbers. They do. And they then do. I didn't also really understand the stuff that we didn't see, you know, though when you are checking and doing all that and by looking at the numbers, we were very close to, to making that decision and, you know, to your credit, you come straight in and you sat down with us and you really explained, you know, okay, fair enough, you haven't had any bad debts and, you know, you can't see what we're doing, but this is all the stuff that you don't see that we do. Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. you know, by you yeah. taking the time and coming in and getting to know, you know, our new structure and know all our team and talk to us, yes. it was, um, yeah, the, the, the main reason... Uh, why we obviously continued and you know and happily growing now, yes, and it's great. have great never news. never looked back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I met obviously I met Donna at, at, at first and yep. and 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 gee Donna had a number of hats. She was a hard oh, worker. She um, sure was, and <laughs> and sure lovely was. lady. I mean, I, I used to love speaking to Donna, but Don, Donna, um, you know, she um, uh, used to ring me and say, Terry, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Donna, that's fine. What, what you know? What is it? What, what what's the what's going on? And she said, Oh, we, you know, we've got a number of accounts that aren't paying us, so forth, right? So we, I'd start work on them. Um, but that's not without Donna trying. She tried so hard, you know. Yeah. And you know, I think I think she used to she used to say say to me, um, You make one phone. I've made twenty phone calls. I've had thirty emails. I'm I'm stretched. I, I'm worried. You make one phone call and they agree to pay next week. <laughs> flawed, you know, just absolutely flawed, you know. Yeah. I, and I think, don't worry, Donna, that's because I'm seen, I'm an external person, yeah. you know. And what do you say to them? <laughs> have, you, have you told them you're going to go, you know, <laughs> burn the house Shoot down or dog. something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the heavy. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I used to just say, you Donna. Anyway, you told, you told them you went to Cramer High. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And they all shit themselves exactly. and they go, we're paying. If he survived yeah, that, he yeah. came out. We're he came paying. out. Yeah, we're yeah, exactly right. Yeah. He, he got through that. Jeez, we're, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna take that on. But um, but I think I think um, sometimes businesses need that help. 
that external person. Yeah. And and to be fair, like when I ring, it's such a basic phone call. I'm not a collection agent. The collection agent uh, is is done by a company called Hilton Bradley. Uh, they're excellent at what they do. They're also a legal firm that backs up that 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 business. Um, they get it when I fail, so they've got to be really good. Yeah. You know, and they are really good. Um, and 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 the reality is, um, I I'm just simply look. Do you know when that's going to be paid? That's sometimes enough. Mm. Sometimes that's that's more than enough. Um, it puts us to the to the top of the queue. That's what that's what we have to be. We we need to make sure that that debt is at the top of the queue to yep. get paid, and that's that's all we need. Um, well, you're really good at what you do. Thank so you, thank you, Michael. You, you make my life uh, a lot happier and less uh, less stressed. So yeah. you know, I think it's like all our business partners. Um, you know, that's ultimately the the reason why we connect with um, professionals, because like you said. For you to make one phone call, that's what you do. You know, if Donna had yeah. many hats on, yes. you know, yeah. so she could have six or seven different hats. So and obviously, we should put a reach out to Rishi's there now. He's, yeah, he's working hard. He's doing doing good, doing a good job. Same thing, same thing with Rishi. You know, yeah. it, it's it's. Um, but they also just don't have that leverage because they yeah. are the ones that are talking to the clients every day and just doing the general collections. They, yeah. you know, their our job's client. not to be the heavy, right? Their job's not yeah. to be rocking the boat, correct? Because, because they're they're going to be a client next week, and yeah. even after I come along and I do the collection, they're still a client next week mm. because yeah. they pay and the account is open again. Yep, and and you go on your merry way. That's that's the best case scenario. Best case scenario is we just have a tap on the shoulder and say, hey. Maybe do you know sometimes I've rung and they've literally said, "Well, we don't even we don't even have the invoice," <laughs> you know, right. yeah. and it's like, "Well, I can help you with that because I get the statement and the invoice every time." And off goes the email. I CC the client in, and the money gets paid. Sometimes it's that simple, yeah. you know. Um, but 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 they are they they were certainly not paying. There was certainly oh, some problems. Sneaky. There. Sneaky. Yeah, yeah, it's clever. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, I've been my eyes have been opened into the into the world of trade credit. Honestly, did not realise that something like this existed. So when I started to do some research, I was like, shit, okay. And now listening to you talk, Terry, I'm like, what's well, a necessity? Yeah, yeah. Look, look, For right. a business that wants to grow, this is a necessity. Look, it, it really is. If you're, constru- like, if you're construction, civil, any, any development, um, and you don't have trade credit insurance... Um, you're probably crazy. <laughs> like, you know, I'll say probably because there are a few exceptions to the rule, but in those spa- in that space, it's not a matter of if you're going to have a bad debt. Oh, it's absolutely. It's it's when. And, and is it going to get you when other people aren't paying you and there's problems because that will send you under, yeah, you yeah. know. If you're in agriculture and you're plowing fields and you're doing grain, um. You, you you probably don't need a trade credit insurance policy worldwide. There's an open market for grain, but then of course we've had massive grain companies go broke a few years ago, and people got absolutely destroyed. So people that had trade credit at the time would argue, well, that saved them. That yeah. saved them. And and I would I would think of the two, the highest risk is construction, the lowest risk is agri. Really, but they both have losses. Yeah. And and they both have losses to good and bad dealings. Um so it's very hard to 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 argue. Just on a side note, tra- trade credit insurance I go out and see a lot of people that have never heard of it. 
I think did you did you know what it was before I had, we met? I had no idea. Like I knew of collections, and I knew um, oh, what was one of the companies we used to use, like EC Credit. Ah, yeah, uh, yep. basic you know credit um, collection company. Sure, sure. So yeah, until yep. until we met, um, yeah, I I had no idea. Yeah. So so I guess you can you you, you have those foundations, which EC Credit sort of do the foundational stuff, set up your your account you know your account application form and things like that but but at the end of the day um the back end and getting paid is 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 what you know falls apart there because they don't have those solutions right yep. they sort of get the front end uh strong but the back end is, falls away um you know trade trade credit it's a crazy thing um it's over 100 years old um how i was explained uh, you know, someone I asked, Where, "Where's this thing from?" You know, <laughs> "What's this date back to?" And 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 one of the old uh, silver foxes in the office when I was learning trade credit said, "Look, it comes from when the English and the French used to trade, and what happened before trade credit is the English would come over or the French would go over and trade, then they'd go home, the payment wouldn't come, so the English or the French would go to the three or four provinces in the area or areas in get as many men with pitchforks as they could and go over the other side of the channel there and burn down the <laughs> burn down the uh, the village yeah um so the king and the queen worked out a way um in france and in 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 england um and it might not be those countries i'm just i'm just saying this is this is where it all expanded from but but basically a, it it turned out to be a promising no note that you were responsible to your own crown. Yep. So effectively, if you did trade from your village to another country, that promising note, if you didn't get paid, you'd take it to your king. Okay. And he would go Click. to their king or you know, and get the money. And then the king would turn up and say, where's my money? Yeah. <laughs> or hand over your land or whatever. So that... It, it goes back a long time. It goes yeah, back right. a long, long time, and that was um, that was the origins. Um, in in the USA, um, the, the uptake of trade credit insurance is under fifteen percent in Australia, which is appallingly bad. Wow, it's appallingly bad. It it actually means that the industry is so much more exposed to dominoes because you've got a, you'll have more companies that go broke in Australia compared to a country like the US or the Europe. In the USA, it's about 50% take-up of trade credit, okay? And in Europe, it's 70%. Wow. Now, why are we so far behind? And I've, I've spent many an hour thinking about why we're so far behind, and it comes down to our banks and how much risk our banks are willing to take. Yep. And, and, and our system. So in Australia, if you own a home and you're a director the banks are quite happy for you to take all the risk in the world and lose your house because they'll take your house mm. and then they don't have, they're not really, they don't really have that risk. Yeah. In, in America, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot harder for, for, for the banks to take the house and, and there may not be as much equity in the house or, you know, it's a lot harder to get conditions. There's much more competition, many more banks. So you can't impose a lot of the conditions that you can in Australia so in America, they say you have to have trade credit insurance or we're not lending you the money. And okay. in Australia, you've got the bank saying, we want to make heaps of money. We're going to take the risk, but we're going to charge you lots of interest. 
yeah. because we're taking the risk. And take the security over your homes and all your assets. and Absolutely. And in Europe, same thing as America, way less opportunity to hold you in. There's way more competition. So because of the banks in Australia, the, the risk is put on you mm. without even realising it. Right. Mm. Very interesting. Um, and that's trade credit. And I think, too, a lot of it is people just don't know. Like, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I guess, that, you know, we're trying to make people aware today, and especially in our construction, um, building, uh, flooring industry, that, you know, you don't have to have this risk. Uh, there's companies um, out there that can cover you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Look, the market's open. The market's, um, you know, I think it's a very fair price at the moment. I wouldn't say that the premiums are low at the moment. They're not. But I wouldn't say that they're high either. They're, they're not high. They're, they're a very, it's a very fair long-term. If you look at the long-term averages for trade credit, you know, uh, larger companies sit sort of between 0.25 of a percent to about half a percent of turnover for a, for a policy. Uh, I think, it, it, you know, a lot of people when they look at this are like, it's going to be like 2 3%. It, it's not even, mm. it's, 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 a, it's a tenth of that, Yeah, you know. Um, for what you get, if you get a good broker, um, you, you're certainly, you, you're not going to regret having a policy in place. In, in good times when you're not having losses and in bad times when you are having losses, you know. Mate, I think that's a good place to leave it. We've learnt a lot about trade credit and what we've learnt is that you can go to a pretty dodgy high school and make something <laughs> of yourself. Uh, Just like Terry here. Uh, <coughs> fantastic. Not so much Likewise. me, but like Terry. Right? <laughs> You've done it right, Matt. <laughs> Mate, we finish every episode with our Fast Five. So there's quick fire questions for you. Fantastic. Okay. okay. Beach or bush? Beach. Uh, okay, good. Spray on or roll on deodorant? <sighs> Spray on. One movie for the rest of your life? Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Yeah, good movie. Home good. or abroad? Holidaying. Oh, look, I'm, I love Australia. I'm home. I'm okay. home. Okay. And last one, one food, can't live without. Had it last night and still dreaming about it, butter chicken. Oh. <laughs> butter chicken. <laughs> Mate, he's all over it. He is. He's all Didn't over. even have to think about it. Didn't think about it. That's what makes the, the quick fire quick fire. Yeah. I must say my wife and children in car trips, we, we, there's, a, there's a thing called car trip trivia. And uh, after this podcast, if you want to – have a few trivia questions. Fantastic. They do a, a fast fire. And with six people in the car, four children, the, the quick fire is, is, is incredible. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. It's a fantastic concept. Yeah. Uh, everyone's yelling over the top of each other. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's an easy way to make the trip go quickly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Terry, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure. We'll let you get, Thank we'll you. Let you get on. Uh, take your axe. And, uh, and head into the <laughs> yeah. office and, and start making some uh, phone calls. No, I appreciate that. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah thanks, been a pleasure. Terry. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much. And, guys, keep on listening. We'll be back with you in another fortnight for another exciting guest. Stay tuned to The Underlay. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.